Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Great to be with you here on EWTN. We have a lot to talk about this morning and do hope you can stay tuned for the entire program. So looking forward to having a good friend of mine on the show today, Chuck Gatica. And he is a retired and well-known media personality from the Detroit market. Chuck and I go way back, and he worked for the NBC affiliate WDIV. I worked for the ABC affiliate, Channel 7, WXYZ-TV. And I also worked for the independent station. And then Chuck and I would also uh, find ourselves working together in radio. I was uh, serving as a radio news director right before I left secular media at a radio station where he was doing the weather. And then I also knew him from previous radio stations where I worked before doing TV news. So suffice it to say, I've known him for, gosh, years and years. And he's an excellent communicator, but he also just recently had a reversion to the Catholic faith. And in our area, southeastern Michigan, he's been doing a lot of talks on what led him back to the church. And he said EW10 and Ave Maria Radio had a few huge influence on that. I'm sure he'll touch on that as well. But he's going to be doing two shows with the amazing Jim and Joy Pinto at Home with Jim and Joy. And Doug Keck mentioned his appearance last Friday in our, of course, Inside Words segment that Doug does with me every Friday at 15 minutes past the hour. So I'm very excited to welcome Chuck to the show. Now, Chuck has been with me before, and he is going to talk about his reversion, but also the focus of the interviews with Jim and Joy are going to be, okay, so what happens that, let's say, you are deciding to retire maybe early or maybe at the usual retirement age from your present career? And Chuck is my age. We're in our mid-60s. And what is the Lord going to do with you? Is it something that you've decided you just really need to relax and you know not work at all, which is fine. I mean, that's for you to decide. But if you feel that God still wants to use you, and, and if you're still on this earth, I guarantee you God has something for you to do. doesn't mean it necessarily has to be full-time work again. But how do you kind of regroup and reboot? Well, this is one of Chuck's areas of expertise, and he also is an expert because of his background in science and research. And as a life coach, he also is an expert on that rebooting and how to really make the most of our life, regardless of where we find ourselves, whatever period of life that we're in. So I think it'll be a really great interview this morning with my friend Chuck Gatica, but also I hope you'll tune in, as we always encourage you to do, to all of our great programming here at EWTN Radio and TV and online, and with our wonderful programs such as At Home with Jim and Joy Pinto. We'll give you the times as well as when Chuck is going to appear and all that good stuff. But you can always check it out if you're tuning in late or whatnot, or you forget, or you're in the car. We want you to keep your arms and hands inside the vehicle at all times. EWTN.com, and just hit the shows, and the schedules will be there. And speaking of EWTN, we're so blessed to have great resources uh, in which to tap, right, that we can tap into these amazing people that have great knowledge of what's happening in the church. So Dr. Matthew Bunsen really needs no introduction, but we'll formally introduce him after the interview with Chuck. He is going to be joining us to discuss the interesting report that broke over the weekend regarding the German bishops. And he was on with Al Cresta, if you recall, last week talking about this. But this was, maybe I'm, I'm wrong in this, but this seemed like a little bit of a surprise move. The bishops did not go the way a lot of people thought they were going to go. So what does this mean? Dr. Matthew Bunsen will give us an update. The story, by the way, was posted on the Catholic News Agency website at catholicnewsagency.com. So that is our show for today on a Tuesday. How about the weather? Well, pray for the folks in California. They continue to get clobbered with really bad weather. We have heavy rain, snow, and strong winds continuing to impact the West Coast, specifically California. They're experiencing heavy rain, mountain snow, and strong winds across much of the state. And that is going to be with them through today and also possibly tomorrow. We'll have an update in the news. And we have several feet of snow, likely above 6,000 feet also, in the Sierra and far northern California mountains. So it's a rough go out there, but we'll have a complete report coming up in the news, which, as a matter of fact, is going to start right now here on Catholic Connection. It is a Tuesday, February 20th. We're so happy you're tuned in, and you can find out all the great information about the two producers of this show, EWTN at EWTN.com and Ave Maria Radio at AveMariaRadio.net. Let's get started, shall we, on a Tuesday. 
Supreme Court of Alabama ruling Friday that frozen human embryos conceived in in vitro fertilization or IVF, as Catholic Vote explains, are children with human rights under state law. Justice Jay Mitchell citing the wrongful death of a minor act, he wrote that the state law applies to all children born and unborn without limitation and regardless of their location. Mitchell also referring to, in the statement, the Sanctity of Life Amendment, which was added to the Alabama Constitution in 2018 after voters approved it by a wide margin. And the case that which he's referring to also involves the amendment that states the Alabama acknowledging, declaring, and affirming that it's a public policy of the state to recognize and support and continue to do so the sanctity of unborn life and the rights of unborn children, including the right to life. A letter co-signed by a group of international peace-building and human rights organizations with years of experience in the occupied Palestinian territories now pressuring the United Kingdom Prime Minister to demand to stop the Israel offensive and call for a ceasefire. In an interview with Vatican News, Janet Sims at the humanitarian arm of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales says their organization is among 22 humanitarian agencies that have co-signed a letter addressed to the British Prime Minister asking him again to pressure Israel into agreeing to a ceasefire for Gaza. We're asking the PM to take immediate action to increase the pressure that the UK is putting to shift their positioning. At the moment, they are talking in terms of a ceasefire, but it is something that they're not talking about as needing to be immediate. Um, From our point of view, we need to start with the cessation of hostilities, and then that creates the opportunity for negotiating and creating the, the opportunity for additional humanitarian assistance to be able to come into into Gaza, it also will create the opportunities for the release of hostages. And despite the difficulties humanitarian organizations face in entering Gaza, Sims explained that her group is providing support through established local agencies. Catholic News Agency reporting this morning that Rome's catacombs will be open to the public for free guided tours and moments of prayer and reflection. This will take place on Saturday, March 2nd, as part of the 7th edition of Day of the Catacombs. According to the Vatican, the Pontifical Commission for Sacred Archaeology, the event sponsor, they announced the theme for this year's edition of the Day of the Catacombs is From Remembrance to Prayer. They said observing that the Pope wanted this year to be dedicated to prayer, the press release went on to add, this event fits into the preparatory journey to the Jubilee of next year in 2025. They also emphasized that visiting the catacombs is an opportunity to experience an encounter with the members and testimonies of the first Christian community of Rome, and that they remind us of the people, events, and stories that are extremely significant and important, even for the present. And the Pope is urging global leaders to push your peace in Sudan and northern Mozambique, where a Catholic mission was set ablaze. As Nathan Morley reports in the Vatican, the Holy Father launching that appeal over the weekend after praying the Angelus Prayer with pilgrims in St. Peter's Square, recalling that 10 months have passed since conflict broke out in the Sudan, leading to a serious humanitarian situation. Sudan has been witnessing brutal armed clashes between the Army and the Rapid Support Forces, or RSF, since April 2023, with the two sides accusing each other of initiating the conflict. Now the Army, or SAF, have advanced in Omdurman for the first time since the war with the RSF erupted. Omdurman is regarded as the twin city to Sudan's capital Khartoum, which sits on the opposite side of the Nile. On Sunday, reports from the country suggested the SAF had joined their peers in the engineering corps in the south of the city where they've been surrounded by the RSF for the last 10 months. The clashes in Sudan have left more than 25 million people reliant on humanitarian assistance, with 8 million forced from their homes, including 1.6 million people who have fled to other countries. Last week, the UN Secretary-General's personal envoy to Sudan embarked on renewed engagement to try and end the fighting between the government forces and the RSF. As we mentioned in our weather forecast just a few minutes ago, the storm that hit other parts of Southern California over the weekend is now coming to San Diego this afternoon and into tomorrow morning as well.
heavier rain rates of a half of an inch to three quarters of an inch per hour. And some locally higher rates are definitely possible if we uh, do manage to get a couple thunderstorms overnight, Tuesday night into Wednesday. Definitely, if there's going to be a thunderstorm that we see overnight, that's going to definitely increase the potential for some heavier rainfall rates as we go through Tuesday night into Wednesday. Brian Adams of the National Weather Service saying the rain will be moving from the North County or North Country into southern San Diego County over the course of the day. Areas near Orange County could see around an inch and a half of rain, while parts of the South Bay could see around an inch. A flood watch, by the way, in effect until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning local time. Meanwhile, as Daniel Martindale tells us, some of the greatest impacts from the latest storm hitting Southern California are being felt in Ventura County, which saw two to eight inches of rain between Sunday and yesterday alone. There are reports of road flooding, rock and mudslides, down trees and power lines, and several car crashes. Flooding shut down both sides of the 101 freeway in downtown Ventura on Monday, and new damage has prompted Caltrans officials to shut down Highway 150 north of Santa Paula once again. Nordoff Ridge has seen more than 8 inches of rain from this storm, while Red Mountain between Lake Casitas and the 101 freeway has recorded nearly 8 inches of rain. Most of the foothills surrounding Ventura, Santa Paula, Fillmore, Piru, and the Ojai Valley have seen between 3 and 7 inches of rain. Police are now releasing surveillance photos of the three suspects who robbed a Gucci store at gunpoint in Manhattan. It happened around noon yesterday at the store near West 14th Street and 9th Avenue in the Meatpacking District. Police say one of the suspects pulling out a gun and the trio stole items worth more than $50,000. The suspects, two men and a woman, took off in a black Honda CRV. No injuries were reported. Sarah Lee Kessler tells us taking antidepressants such as Prozac while pregnant can be risky. A new study published in the journal Nature Communications shows that antidepressants like Prozac that raise serotonin levels can hinder a fetus's brain development and possibly cause mental disorders later in life. The study's researchers say those medications can affect how the brain learns and adjusts, but they also say the med should not be discontinued or changed without consulting with the prescribing doctor. Congress heading home for a two-week recess as the clock is ticking to fund the government. Lawmakers are not expected back on Capitol Hill until February 28th, two days before the March 1st deadline to fund some government agencies. The remaining agencies must be funded by March 8th. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is gearing up for a speech later on today on the state of the presidential race. She's set to deliver remarks in Greenville, South Carolina at noon Eastern. The speech comes just days before the former South Carolina governor is set to go head-to-head with former President Donald Trump in her home state's GOP primary. No further details have been provided about her speech, but polls do show Trump holds a wide lead over Haley in South Carolina ahead of this weekend's primary. Republican presidential candidate Haley, meanwhile, says she would pardon former President Donald Trump if he's convicted of a crime. During a Fox News town hall on Sunday, she says, well, she has a response about pardoning Donald Trump. I believe in the best interest of bringing the country together, I would pardon Donald Trump because I think it's important for the country to move on. She says she'd make the move so that Americans can, in her words, leave all the negativity behind, adding she doesn't want the country divided any further. Phil Hewlett tells us, meanwhile, technical companies, tech companies, the big ones, agreeing to fight artificial intelligence-generated election misinformation. A group of 20 of the leading companies, including Microsoft, Meta, Google, OpenAI, Anthropic, Amazon, and Adobe, have signed a pact to police the rising problem on their platforms. AI-generated content has quickly led to serious concerns about election-related misinformation, also known as deep fakes. And find it our new segment at about 14 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday morning. It's February 20th. If you love pizza and live in New York City you might want to ask for a raise to pay for that pie. The city has the most expensive pizza in the country. This, according to the real estate website, Clever. The average price of a pie in the city is $28.60. Chicago came in at second place at $27.68, followed by Orlando at $25.35. It is 14 minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Radio Network. When we come back, we'll give you a sneak peek about wonderful programming, including a friend of mine who's going to be on at home with Jim and Joy this week. We'll tell you all about it next, up next.
If it's pasta you crave and you want it homemade, that's Antonio. If you're looking for real authentic Italian cuisine, Antonio's Cucina Italiana and Roman Village is the place to go. Everything is made fresh, in-house, fatt in casa. All our pastas, pizza, soups and sauces are prepared fresh daily. Visit any Antonio's in Roman Village where we do Italian right. That's Antonio. Antonio's Cucina Italiana. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at charitymobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. charitymobile.com. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866 Ave Maria or visit avemariafunds.com. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-L I V E. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Sixteen minutes past the hour. Welcome back on a Tuesday morning, Catholic Connection, coast to coast and around the globe on EWTN. It's so great to talk again with my dear friend and longtime friend. I don't want to say old friend because we don't feel like we're old. We're the same age in our mid-sixties and we're having the time of our lives. Chuck Gatica, he and I worked together in the secular media in Motown for decades, and he is probably, I think, one of the most, if not the most, recognized personalities in southeastern Michigan, and retired from Channel Four WDIV, where he worked for many years. But he isn't retired because God's got a whole new plan for him. And his point on being on Jim and Joy at home with Jim and Joy this week is to talk about that. That there's going to be times in your life, and as we were talking during the break, it could be 25, it could be 45, it could be 65, 75, where you're going to transition, and God is going to do something with you if you allow Him to be who He intends you to be, as a great Saint Catherine of Siena and even Saint Francesca Cabrini have said. Chuck, good morning, my friend. How are you? Well, good morning. How are you, T? I'm well. I'm so excited. First of all, I must ask you. I told you all about the wonderful people down in Irondale at EWTN. So, what was your experience like? Tell us, please. Inquiring oh, minds want to know. Everybody, yeah, everybody was so sweet, and uh, I, I got in the night before, and they were uh, they put me up, you know, on campus, and then I I went and met everybody, and I had already talked to the producers in advance, and uh, and then I got a tour of the Of the building and watch the video that talks about the history and Mother Angelica. I, I'll tell you what the the experience of going uh, down to EWTN just ranks as one of the great times. It was everybody was so sweet and Jim and Joy were just delightful. They are aren't delightful. they adorable? I love yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really great so, people. Fun. Yeah, so and that was the first time you were there, and I think it's you're a TV guy, so you probably weren't surprised because some people walk to the studios and they think like the set is so small and they do so much in one room and it looks like you do it with mirrors, but <laughs> yeah, it right. really is a, a, a very impressive. I mean, for as studios go, I think it's really impressive. It's very modern. It's very impressive, and then to think that from that epicenter, they're beaming that out not just around the country with you know. At home with Jim and Joy, but you know, you being on air, it, it goes all across the world, and it starts there. And just the history of how it began, and how God's hand was in it uh, right from the beginning with Mother Angelica. I know. It's, it's quite the story. It's the providence of God for sure. Yeah, as is your story coming back to the faith. So, before we get into the episodes that are going to be on Wednesday and Thursday at 1:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. featuring you, and we've just discussed that you know, the, the, these transitions that we make in life and how God directs us maybe differently than we first experienced or expected. Let's talk about a little bit about your journey back to the church. 
Yeah, and I think that's part of what I relate to in this process is, you know, the idea that it's never too late to be who God wanted you to be. I was uh, born and baptized Catholic. I, I kind of walked the church with my my mom was the only one who was taking us, and somewhere around age 10 to 12, that just got lukewarm. So there was nothing, no big headline that took me away. It's just the way life happened. And then through my teens and into my 20s, when I met my wife Susan, we were attending a Protestant church. And then, you know, when I said it's never too late, honest to goodness, it took, while you knew that something was bubbling, uh, and you were um, in tune with it even before maybe I was, but uh, the idea that it took me decades to trace these roots of ancient faith back to Catholicism, mm. and having been to the Holy Land helped, and been to Rome helped, and, and you know, your fingerprints, I've told you, you and Dom, your fingerprints mm-hmm. are on it, and Father John Ricardo, and so, so many people, and, and EWTN as well, bathing in Catholic media to help me understand things. So, I came back to the Church, and, you know, I've been blessed just because of the job I had, not because I'm so special, to do all these adventures in life, um, expeditions, and fly with the Blue Angels, and fly through a hurricane. Right. Teresa, the greatest adventure of my life is currently happening, and that's the return to the Church, which really is about two years now. It seems fresh, but it's, you know, time flies. And so yeah. uh, it, it's just the greatest ever, because I, I just wake up and I think, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? What is it? Put me in, coach. Yep, yep. So in terms of what you're discussing on the shows, and you're on Wednesday and Thursday again at, at Home with mm-hmm. Jim and Joy, this whole idea of transitioning, and, and you take it from really a, a book you said that really influenced your life, Moving from Success to Significance, which is a subtitle of a book, that had a big influence. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean, and what did that look like for you, Chuck? I mean, in addition to your transitioning and going into coming back to the Catholic Church, but professionally, what does that mean for you right now, do you think? Well, I think for me right now, you know, the book's title was Halftime, Moving from Success to Significance. And to be fair, uh, you know, unless God has some dramatic plan, the math doesn't work. I don't get another half. You know, I can't add up a half and, and go. So I look at life in quarters, and I think for me currently in this phase, I'm I'm seeing God maybe close more doors that I thought mm-hmm. would open, and now He's opening doors gradually. Things are happening that I didn't even expect. This was this came out of the blue, the request to be a dim and joy. And I think transitions in life for all of us. That title halftime implies this is a retirement thing. You know, it used to be well fifty plus, and maybe God would grant you thirty, forty, maybe even fifty years of life. Nowadays, you know, longevity is increasing. And I don't think that it's exclusive to people who retire or get retired, you know, because they're laid off. I think we've watched it in our own family's life. Age 25 for our daughter Riley changes her life and travels the world on a sabbatical. And she was living life large in New York and comes home and now works for corporate travel services and luxury travel. Uh, I've got friends that are 50, 45. They're changing their lives. And it's interesting that I think, we are forever in transition, yeah. and that is certainly coming out of COVID, Teresa. Right. You better have a pencil with an eraser if you're trying to plan your life. <laughs> God's right. going to zig and zag a few things, you know. So this is what you're focusing on in the two segments, and and you're also doing in addition to sharing your testimony for speaking. And by the way, mm-hmm. Chuck's website is chuckgatica.com. The last name is spelled G-A-I-D-I-C-A. Chuck Gatica. You're also doing talks about this as well, right? In terms of kind of regrouping I am. and rebooting, right? Yeah, and I think I think in this in these phases of life, I mean, if you look at fifty plus in America, it's one hundred and ten million people. Teresa, that's a third of the population. Right. This year alone will be the greatest retirement year of sixty-five year olds that we've ever seen. I think it's about four and a half million sixty-five year olds will hit the hit the floor running, and so I relate to it. Uh, and and there's this idea that it, it can be filled with some anxiety. Well, what if God does give you thirty more years? In today's world, that's that's three careers, much less mm-hmm. three jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to be an encourager and, and tell people that there are hope. First of all, focus on Christ. It, you may feel a bit anxious about this season, but, you know, to be fair, how much golf can you play? <laughs> so what, what are you going to do with this time God's giving right. you? And I would say pray about it hard, give yourself time to listen, Lectio Divina, and then let God direct you, and be careful, give yourself some grace, because God says, be patient, you know, God's got his own time. But start to dip your toe in the water of things you think you may be good at, or you have a charism for, but you know what I pray for, too, Teresa, is God, stretch me in places that I'm not comfortable. Right, 
Mm-hmm. Don't just, I, I, you know, my notion is, well, I can, I, I, I'm, I love you and I'm able to come on your show and you're so generous to allow me to talk about me being on Jim and Joy's show. I should be in communication. Well, maybe not. Maybe God wants me to serve in a different way. So open your heart to this maybe 20, 30, 40 years of new life where you can leverage all your gifts up to the kingdom. And I think being open is the biggest thing, Chuck, because you and I, uh, you know, our lives took a direction in, the, in ways we didn't expect, and, and we're both mm-hmm. continuing to reinvent ourselves, really, right? Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I, I told Jim and Joy, and I got a chuckle. I said, when I first started going through this, I'm, I, you know, I'm working one of the greatest jobs in the world at the local NPC affiliate, and I said, I've got to leave. And I remember the kid standing in the corner of a room with Susan kind of whispering, you know, like, what's wrong with Dad? <laughs> and, you know, and I, I was kind of at the top of the, 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 the game that I was playing at the time. And I thought, you know, I'm going to just say something to disarm them. And so I looked at them and I said, I'm having the most fun being confused I've ever had. There you go. Stop. Hold on, Chuck. We're going to take a break. We'll pick it up there right after the satellite break. Stay tuned. Seven minutes past the hour. Actually, oops, just clock just changed. Twenty-eight minutes past the hour. A great conversation with my dear friend Chuck Gatica, well-known media personality from Detroit. Worked at the NBC affiliate here for years. Chief meteorologist, and he was a feature reporter. Covered the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Also, may have seen him on NBC News as well. And he is now working in ministry and doing all kinds of fun stuff since leaving the secular media. Uh, Chuck's website, chuckgatica.com, G-A-I-D-I-C-A.com. We'll put his link in our archive section. And we have Chuck on for a number of reasons, because he's just very encouraging and inspirational, but also for all of our EW10 listeners and viewers, he is going to be featured on two shows this week on Jim and Joy Pinto at Home with Jim and Joy, Wednesday and Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. For more info, of course, EWTN.com. So, okay, uh, we were interrupted by the satellite break, but finish the story. So you were telling your wife, Susan, and the kids about you were leaving yeah, Channel 4. Yeah, Susan and the kids were standing in the corner of and I think, and they were kind of whispering, like, I could tell, like, what's up with Dad? What do you mean he's leaving his job in television? And, uh, and so I just started saying out loud, I'm having the most fun being confused in life that I've ever had. And by saying that, it got a chuckle. It became disarming. And the reason I mention this is not because the line is so brilliant. It's just that when you're going through this phase, you really need to think of your spouse, your children, your family, because they will kind of look at you like you're kooky. Like, what do you mean you think God is directing you to leave what you're doing and go into your next quarter or chapter of life? And I think it's uh, it's cathartic for us to say, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. you know, I could have anxiety over it, but I pray about it, and I'm not sure, but I'm a little confused about what God's next steps are, but I'm having fun. And it became one of these things that even when friends would say, what's going on? What do you mean you're leaving your job? I'm, I'm having the most fun being confused I've ever had. And it mm-hmm. just takes the edge off the whole conversation. So if that works for you, use it. Yeah, and I can totally identify with that because I know you and I worked together, and, and the last time we worked together was at a big FM station where you were doing the weather and feature reports, and I was a news yeah. director. And I was having fun there, and I was making really good money, but I just didn't feel like – I felt like a fish out of water, and I just I mm-hmm. wasn't – overall, I wasn't happy. It wasn't that the place was bad, but I just felt that, okay, my time, for whatever reason, in the secular media, I just felt had run its course because doors were closing and then other things were opening – and I actually went to the station manager at the time and said, hey, you know, um, I, I just, I, I'm just really not uh, feeling anymore. You know, can I get yeah. out of the contract early? And he was great. I mean, we worked the deal out where I was able to, to get bought out or whatnot. And, and it worked out fine. But I remember coming home and telling Dom, you know, I just, I just quit. I mean, we had talked about it before. I didn't just lay it on yeah. like that. But at the same time, I said, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, well, just take your time and pray about it, and we'll see. And at the time, he was uh, discerning the diaconate, so we were both still on the journey, and we, we still are to this day. We all are, are on that journey. But it felt so good. You know, I didn't feel any – I just felt really at peace when I made that decision. I didn't have any job. Nothing was lined up. I had no idea, mm-hmm. Chuck, what I was going to do. But it was like, this is okay. You know, it's, it's all right. Okay, God, whatever. And then gradually things started to develop, and they're still developing. Right. Well, you know, you're you're describing a feeling I had, and I think it's a feeling a lot of people have, which uh, Bob Buford, the author of that book, Halftime, describes as uh, smoldering discontent under mm-hmm. the surface. Mm-hmm. It's not like life is bad. Now, for some, let's be fair, 
for some, they make a transition and they are more anxious than you or I. Or for some, uh, they didn't have a hand in this. Somebody came to them and right. handed them a pink slip. Like, it's happening right now in America, layoffs, right? Well, so look at what happened at Paramount, CBS News, right? That, yeah. They just laid off a ton of people. Sure. So sometimes you're not in charge of that. But that doesn't mean you still can't be in deep prayer, take it to God, and say, God, what do you want me to be now? And also, it's not just about being. It's about doing. And sometimes we all get wrapped up in the doing, but doing good things. Maybe your new mission is to do good things in life, uh, you know, like Jim and Joy running a pregnancy center while they happen to have a TV show. I mean, they've had a busy life. Right. And so I, I just look at people like that, and I appreciate so much the journey they've been on. It gives me hope. And I think that's what we all need in this, regardless of age. This is not just a retirement play anymore. This is, what are you going to do now? You know, when I was a little guy, I used to look up at the sky and think, well, God, what am I going to be when I grow up? And then fast forward. Think of this yourself, whoever's listening, whether you're 35, 45, 75. You come to a question like that again. You look up at the sky one night and you think, what am I supposed to do now? And then, because of our health and longevity, what if God grants you this couple more, three, four decades of life? Mm-hmm. You could, we collectively could change the world yep. if we took all that free time and, and harnessed it and moved it toward goodness. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Chuck Adica, who's a motivational speaker, author, and a former NBC meteorologist, a very, very important job he had for many years and probably one of our most recognizable media personalities, especially in southeastern Michigan. The website is chuckgatica.com. But you know, we are, I think, the two of us having so much fun. We always talk about this, and we saw you and Susan on the cruise. And, and Susan, too, is on this adventure now with you because she recently came into the church, correct? She did, and it, it took a while. I, she has been so um, supportive of my journey. And it's not been a straight line, as we've discussed here before, but she has converted. She's come into the church. We're flying back for Easter Vigil. Uh, it's an exciting new chapter in this adventure, and I'm, you know her. She's, yep. And she's deep now. She's making notes in her phone. I mean, she, you know, we met Father Mike Schmidt again on the ship. We've met him a few times, and uh, she's listening. She's episodes ahead of me. She'll say, did you catch it today? And I'm like, I haven't gotten that far yet. Wait, slow mm-hmm. down, kid. So it's, um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, you know, because... I've got a wife who really wants to go deep on things, and it's just, uh, it's really a joy. It's, yeah. it's now, this, now the adventure feels a bit more in sync. Not that it felt off, it just felt, uh, and my story's not unusual, right? I think Steve Ray, Scott Hahn, even the Pintos, oftentimes one, one spouse comes into the church, right. re- reverts or converts, and the other follows, and all of a sudden it's happening in my own family's life, so it's, it's great. It's beautiful, and that's what happened with, with Deacon Domini uh, and me, because he came into the, back into the church before I did. It took me another two or three years. Okay, I didn't remember that, Yeah, order, he came yeah. in first, yeah, and then, and then I followed after that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing journey. So, Chuck, uh, let me just ask you one more question. I have about a minute and a half left. I know that you mentioned that uh, EW10 and Ave Maria Radio and the personalities have been important in your journey. Just, a, just a, mm-hmm. a plug for what we do here and why it's so important. A shameless plug, but again, it's needed because we just found well, out that Soros is buying a big network of yeah. 220 stations. So Lord help us. Well, I think it's so important that you, uh, I've used the word bathe. I know I've stolen that from somebody. Maybe it's Father John Ricardo. But I think bathing in Catholic media is important for all of us. It reinforces what we're thinking. It, You know, you can pick and choose. If you're an armchair theologian, you know, like I am, I think I know, and then I thought I know and I don't know, but then I hear a great interview on your show, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's what that's about. Or it's just something fun, and, and you're having fun in life, and it's enthusiastic and uplifting and filled with joy. We need to surround ourselves with that because there's so much bad news. And good news, you know, always gets downplayed in, in the secular media, and not just to bash them. There's, it's there. It's just that we don't pay as much attention to it as human beings. We're much more attractive to, attracted to a train wreck. Right. You know, and the Jerry Springer old show than we are goodness. So, you know, that's just part of our fallen nature. But but just soak it in, and EWTN, Ave Maria Radio, the stories of God's providence from where they come, how they began, we need to honor them, honor what you do, honor what EWTN does, and support them, because the, the, the history is just amazing. God is in it, and I want to be where God is in it. Amen. So- 
Well, we're glad you're a part of our family. Chuck, thanks so much for taking time to visit beautiful Irondale and be with Jim and Joy Pinto at home. He will be on Wednesday and Thursday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and Chuck's website again. You should bring him to your parish to speak. I'm just saying. Chuck Gaidica, <laughs> G-A-I-D-I-C-A dot com. We'll be right back. so long it would take up the entire interview but he's a dear friend and I just appreciate his knowledge and his great work at EW10 and beyond. He is a well-known American author of more than 50 books, historian, professor and of course does great work not only here at EW10 but with the St. Paul Center with Scott Hahn and also serving as our editorial director and VP and I always like to tap into his very large brain when stories break and I'm trying to figure what in the world is going on now in the church and we have the amazing Dr. Matthew Bunsen to tap into thanks be to God okay Matthew so I heard you a great interview with Al Cresta last week about this developing situation with the German bishop so the story that our news outlets reported the last couple of days the German bishops halting their effort to move toward establishing this particular type of synodal council. Was that a surprise to you? Uh, to be honest, it was. And first, good morning. It's always uh, a joy to be with you, really. Thanks. Uh, it, it was in, in the sense that uh, we have seen repeated uh, occasions over the last three, four years now, because we go all the way back really to uh, 2019 when uh, Pope Francis issued that letter to the Germans asking mm-hmm. them not to do this where there have been pronouncements from the Holy See, pronouncements from the different dicasteries, and the Germans simply were unpersuaded uh, to turn around or to cease their actions. This time, uh, it's very clear that uh, the, the Holy See weighed in and made a very specific request that the German bishops do not vote on a step that would have uh, been crucial for them to establish this uh, committee that would lead to a synodal council that would be essentially in charge of the German church. Now, what's striking about that is that the the Holy See has weighed in on a number of occasions about other aspects of the German synodal way, uh, in particular unraveling church teaching on on human sexuality, Mm -hmm. on the ordination of women. This one, though, has really struck a nerve with Rome, in part because I think it goes to the very heart of authority and ecclesiology. And so what is forbidden about this particular council that they were moving forward toward, but they could still go that way, but right now they're deciding not to do that on on their meeting this week. But when we say forbidden, which is how it's described, what do we mean by that, church-wise? Well, yeah, what it means is that uh, you cannot have the bishops so calmly uh, surrender their authority to govern the church in Germany. Uh, Also, it it, uh, raises serious questions about uh, impeding the rightful authority of an ordinary over his own diocese. In other words, the the authority of a bishop to govern his diocese. Now, the the Germans had been saying all along, well, no, there's no threat to a bishop's authority within his own diocese. But one of the initial plans, uh, and this goes all the way back to when Cardinal Reinhard Marx was in charge of the synodal way. Now it's uh, Bishop Georg Batesing that uh, the, all of the votes that the Synodal Way was going to make would be binding. In other words, legally binding on everyone in Germany, all the Catholics in Germany, the, from the bishops on down. And now this Synodal Council was designed to try to get around some of this authority question by placing authority within the Synodal Council that ostensibly would have had the, the 27 or so German bishops on it, uh, but then would realistically be controlled by the Central Committee of German Catholics, the so-called ZDK, that had itself already approved statutes for this preparatory commission back in November. And what's the main goal here, do you think, with these folks getting involved at this level, which we've never seen before? Well, I I think... um, what we're seeing is that the, the Holy See recognizes uh, two things, that uh, the, the, the synodal way itself is undeterred, or has been at least so far, uh, by the requests of Pope Francis. They haven't taken seriously some of the things that he's been saying. Now, the reasons for that, uh, it's, it's hard to know what sort of back-channel communications have been taking place. But then we're also seeing uh, that the way that the synod played out, the synod on synodality last October, There were a lot of discussions, we know, in the hall and outside the hall 
about the potential influence of this German synodal way in shaping not just the agenda, but the discussions and ultimately uh, the, the final pronouncements of the, the synod on synodality. So there was real concern that the Germans were eclipsing in some ways the work mm -hmm. of Pope Francis, and uh, that became increasingly impossible uh, for the organizers to ignore. Talking with, of course, Dr. Matthew Bunsen from EWTN on the latest developments out of Germany with the German church there. So what impact do you think, if any, this will have going forward this year, Matthew, with the council coming up in October? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things that we can look at uh, in the coming months. Uh, the, the first is whether or not the Germans are going to try to push ahead in some fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, that strikes me as unlikely in the short term for the simple reason that we already have uh, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, uh, the, uh, who's a, a name now well-known, I well think, known, to your audience. Well-known, unfortunately, in some ways, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, who's head of the Dicaster, the Doctrine of the Faith, who has said that he plans to go to Germany. Now, there were supposedly some meetings on the schedule between the German bishops and uh, Vatican officials that were supposed to have taken place in January, but there's no confirmation that those ever did take place. Cardinal Fernandez has talked about going to Germany. We know as well that there are, at least on the docket, a number of meetings that are scheduled with different uh, heads of dicasteries in, in Rome with the German bishops. Mm -hmm. where, that, where that will go, we'll have to see. But then we've got uh, the determination, especially on the Central Committee of German Catholics, to push ahead uh, with the wider agenda. They have focused very heavily on this Synodal Council as a way of executing uh, their plans. Uh, what we may see now is a change of strategy as we did, for example, uh, with Fiducia Supplicans, where mm -hmm. they took what was, by every statement, a very clear delineation of what you can and can't do and pushed well beyond it. They just drove right through whatever barriers there were right. uh, to same-sex blessings. Blessings of same-sex unions, essentially, is, is what, they're, what they're advocating now in Germany, which is in total contradiction to Fiducia. Well, see, this is just a question I have. This is me, the reporter, speaking. So you, you do certain things, and, and I'm talking about the Vatican now. You kind of open Pandora's box in certain ways, whether it's with the blessings document or other areas. Are you surprised then by what's happening in other areas that were already leaning in that direction? I mean, now it seems like they're trying to put the cap back in the bag, so to speak. <laughs> well, this has been one of the worries from the beginning. Uh, when we had Pope Francis issue his letter in 2019, and basically asking the German church not to go down this road. They ignored him. They pushed ahead with uh, their plans. Over the next years, we have seen Vatican officials, as I was just saying, weighing in on multiple mm -hmm. occasions, in particular talking about uh, the ecclesiology that undergirds this, that they simply do not have the authority to do any of this. They have been pushing ahead. They've been undeterred by all of these statements. So now I think the Vatican recognizes that action has to be taken. He's been pushing this off for as long as he can. I think their hope is that inertia is going to set in, uh, as it frequently does, that if they can put the brakes on this, that this will buy them time to get to the Senate on Synodality in October. Once that's concluded, they can argue, well, now we have to implement all of that, so whatever you're doing in Germany ought to be moot. I mm -hmm. don't know if that's likely to happen. The one consoling aspect to this is that from the beginning, uh, it has been the hope of the organizers of the German Synod uh, to export like a virus uh, what they have been trying to do in Germany. Right. That was so my far, next question. Yeah. So far, we're not seeing this uh, taking shape in other places. In fact, you could argue that uh, some of their approaches have been rejected. We look at how the Dutch bishops, which was a surprise, responded to fiducia supplicants it tells you that there just is not right now a lot of appetite for the type of synodal process that the Germans are advocating. And that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of progressives who see the failure of the German Synod are now casting their hopes and wishes, uh, false as they are, uh, on whatever progress they think might come through the Synod on Synodality. Okay, but if you think about um, you know, the, the blessings document, Fiducia Supplicant, couldn't that have a big impact on others that agree with Germany when, when we come to the meeting in October? I mean, how present is that going to be looming over us? Yeah, well, a couple things about that. The, the first is that uh, there is uh, uh, widespread unhappiness, uh, even among right. progressives, about Fiducia because, A, it was not done in what they would deem 
a, a synodal spirit. There, there was apparently no consultation ahead of time. There, there was no exercise of synodality in the preparation of the document, mm-hmm. and it kind of shows that. The other is that uh, Fiducia placed so many, as you and I have talked, so many elements of fine print of what you can and cannot do that uh, a lot of progressives have said even in social media that why are we bothering? Because it's but not strong enough. It's not strong that. enough. Right. It does not mm-hmm. go far enough. It doesn't give them what they want, which is blessings of same-sex unions. The explanation that followed, uh, the clarification, from their view, made it the situation for them even worse because it, it reiterated what the point of fiducia was, at least as far as Cardinal Fernandez is concerned. Then when we add in the apparent uh, carte blanche given to the African bishops, that basically you don't have to implement this because you can't in that setting. Even Pope Francis' mentioning of the fact that this is very specific to the Africans because of their cultural situation, that's not helping, I think, the, the position of the progressives who are very frustrated because they see this as something that ought to be implemented everywhere and go well beyond even the terms of fiducia. Right. Do you think the African bishops will have a bigger role given everything that's happened because they came out so strongly and clearly against the blessings document? And do you think that they will be uh, highlighted more in terms of their concerns and and, and the real concerns they have with this? Yeah, I I think uh, going forward we're going to see a very active church from Africa. I think they recognize... And I'll, I'll phrase it this way, not so much the the severe problems that the church in the West has, those are, are obvious, but I think they're increasingly seeing themselves as a bulwark against uh, mm-hmm. the collapse of civilization itself. Yeah. And it sounds dramatic, but I think they're very much aware, being victims uh, and witnesses to the very ideological colonization that Pope Francis has talked about so vividly, uh, the imposition of these toxic ideas onto Africa uh, by withholding aid until they embrace them, things like abortion and contraception and same-sex marriage and everything else. Mm-hmm. So the, the Africans see this now as uh, a two-fold fight. The first is to try to bolster themselves within Africa, uh, to bolster the faith, especially in the face of radical Islam and right. the spread of Pentecostalism, both of whom are now using the, the spirit, at least, of fiducia. Uh, to try to poach from the Catholics, saying that the Catholics have abandoned their teaching. Mm-hmm. But then uh, the other is to stand as a guard, uh, as a help, uh, to those dioceses and countries in the West that are facing such collapse, at least it seems to be, uh, the kind of cultural problems that we have now, which brings me always back to the prediction made by one of the great first African cardinals of the modern era, Cardinal Lorian Ragumbwa, who predicted back, I think, in the 40s and 50s, that it would be Africa that would ultimately re-evangelize the mm. West, and I think we're wow. seeing it. I think we're seeing it now. So uh, we have about two minutes left, Matthew. I know it's, it's a big question, but, but what I think is so important, and I'm not sure, with all due respect to the Vatican, their press office, and the Holy Father, with whom he's speaking, because when he's saying in interviews and whatnot repeatedly that not many people are negative about the blessings document, I, I don't know what they're telling him or showing him, because how can you say that when you have, you know, as you mentioned, Dutch bishops and you have Africa, this continent, which is really standing so strong in the face of so much persecution, where people, though, they have the most vocations. They have, you know, Catholicism is still very strong. They have so many martyrs there for the faith. Who's telling him this as, to, as you know, not realizing the impact of this document going forward? Well, it raises uh, a host of questions uh, as to who some of the advisors are, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think Francis sees this as a necessary document. And as we have seen throughout this pontificate, I, I go back especially to Amoris Letizia, he feels that this is important. And as Pope, therefore, we need to pay attention to the point he's trying to make. And not necessarily what we're hearing, certainly in the secular media. This, this has been one of the recurring themes I know that you and I have talked about, not just with Amoris, but in particular with Fiducia that Pope Francis sees this as necessary as part of this wider program of mercy. And he will be undeterred. Uh, I, I don't see, in fact, I, I would argue that he has doubled and even tripled down oh, yeah, I agree. on, mm-hmm. on Fiducia. Uh, the, the question now becomes, what do we see as we head toward the Synod on Synodality? 
mm-hmm. uh, as to what his his priorities are. We're, we're getting an idea now with these uh, form, formative study groups that are heading into the synod. Uh, we've got the, the gathering of priests uh, coming up, uh, I think, in May or June in Rome, 300 priests from around the world to make sure that, the, that their position is heard. So there's a lot to see over the next couple months from Pope Francis. And you'll be there. E.W. Tim will be there. Our own Dr. Matthew Bunsen, thank you so much for clarity on this issue, taking a look at what's happening recently, this week actually, with the German bishops who are meeting. We'll be right back to wrap up a Tuesday. Let you know what's coming up on a Wednesday morning of Catholic Connections. Stay tuned. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. On the next Epiphany. Seek first the kingdom of God. Vanessa Denhagarmo here and Lee Severino joins us to talk about the film Cabrini. This is a much anticipated film. The Miles Christi's 31st Conference of Prayer and Study is coming up and Deacon Benjamin King will tell us all about it. Epiphany, weekdays at noon on Ave Maria Radio. Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net. appreciate your listenership every day here on Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN, and so appreciate the experts, so many of which we have at EWTN, including our very own Dr. Matthew Bunsen. We will talk to you, God willing, tomorrow, and we go to Rome with our own Joni. Ciao, ciao. Adamani. Talk to you on a Wednesday. See ya. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.